everyone, and welcome to the Popcorn Bucket List, the podcast that keeps your movie bucket list up to date because those thousand movies to see before you die list are just too daunting. I'm your host and the ghost haunting your every waking moment, Gracie, and with me is Daryl, the genetically mutated mad scientist, and Sarah, who was looking for her human sacrifice. <laughs> That was hey a guys. tongue twister. How are y'all? <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? Oh, I didn't know if I was going to make it through genetically mutated mad scientist. I really well, I'm trying to make wasn't it as complicated <laughs> as possible. <laughs> so, if you couldn't tell, be afraid, be very afraid, because this week we are celebrating the spookiest of movies in the spookiest of months. That's right, we're talking horror movies quickened heart rate agitation and the fight or flight response these feelings are what audiences seek when they buy tickets to horror movies but for someone who celebrates her love of horror every day the topic was incredibly hard to narrow down for just one podcast episode so bear with me okay guys that it's very traumatic uh so this week we're gonna focus on our favorite horror sub-genre that helped me a little bit. Rather than picking individual films, we'll discuss the types of horror movies that have left the strongest impressions on us, which I think is the easiest way for me to go about this. I don't know about you guys. I feel like that's how we're going to at least be able to keep it to at least an hour and 10 minutes long conversation. So to begin, let's start off with what is a horror film. I can tell you what I what I what I think a horror movie is. I guess okay. like you know, a horror movie is something that just in it's a story that is supposed to invite fear into the audience. It's supposed to make you either concerned for typically the character's well-being, but also it can be something that makes you concerned for your own well-being because sometimes it's not necessarily about um you know oh, you're so afraid for this one character. It's like, you're afraid because like, what if this happens in real life? Oh my God, this is horrifying. I don't like this. Um, You know, it's supposed to elicit a more extreme reaction in you than say like a normal drama or like even a comedy. Uh, It's supposed to elicit something that's really supposed to stick with you for a long time, I think. I I guess that's how I would define a, a horror film. Sarah, you want to take a crack at it? Yeah, I think some of the best horror movies not only like scare you and like, you know, act upon that that fright response, but also just like make you feel very uneasy and like the fight or flight response, I think. Yeah. Um, So according to the Britannica, uh, a horror film is is calculated to cause intense repugnance, fear, or dread, which I love that. that that's a cool repugnance. Horror films may incorporate incidents of physical violence and psychological terror. They may be studies of deformed, disturbed, psychotic, or evil characters, stories of terrifying monsters or malevolent animals, or mystery thrillers that use atmosphere to build suspense. Um, and I think that is a very broad, but it, it works because I find that horror films, there are so many different subgenres and that that definition definitely encompasses the entirety of horror films. Because nowadays, what we classify horror might not have, like, 
what we classify as horror would be downright like unheard of when the genre was you know originating and that was like when film was just starting out i mean uh george Melies, uh he did i think it's like the haunting of the castle or something like that it, it's super easy it's got a a man turning into a bat it's got witches it's got skeletons dancing it's super like tropey very original i think that was like 1890 something i don't know i can't give you the right date but uh so that's what a horror film would have been at the time and then you go on to frankenstein dracula things that we watched as kids growing up and thought were silly you know you've even got like Abbott and Costello you know meet the mummy and things like that that definitely get more cheesy as you go and even you know movies that were made 20 years ago which early 2000s you know which is crazy to think because I said it about to talk about the 80s and then I went nope that's the early 2000s <laughs> you know but even looking at early 2000s movies they're super cheesy the horror films that were coming out in early 2000s are not I mean they're classic don't get me wrong but and it's crazy to me that I'm gonna call Final Destination a classic but like it's a very specific time period of horror and I think that that's why I like horror is because it's ever-changing and they're always evolving to try and up their game that's why I like horror um yeah they kind of like it hits different every like generation every mm -hmm. decade has it's like you know it's new style of horror or it's a new spin on something that's old so yeah it's always changing and that's the cool thing about the genre mm -hmm. uh and I love watching new movies that hint at old movies too like i think that that is why the genre works is because it can pay homage to you know it's you know predecessors but still not be like cheesy in that way like it can still mm -hmm. be like moving forward i guess um but why do like normal people like horror films because i wouldn't class them my <sighs> not normal no um <laughs> i just like horror films a lot more than i think the average joe and um or jane or whatever you want me to call um but uh in my thesis i said <laughs> to justify the reasoning of why i wrote my thesis because anybody who doesn't know me my my degree was in communications and I had to really justify why I wanted to talk about horror films in a communications department so I, I said horror films are impactful to cinema audiences because audiences will always return to be scared again horror movies are not always blockbuster hits but they still pull in record numbers and have greatly influenced many lives scientifically speaking audiences seek the feeling of fear for a cathartic effect uh the fear gives audiences a release to feel joy uh basically withholding joy does that make sense like you're you're in suspense too long and, mm -hmm. and you're waiting for that moment to just take a breath uh these feelings are why audiences of horror films tend to be younger because teenagers are and 20-somethings are thrill seekers whereas adults tend to be satisfied with the horrors of real life <laughs> um which i think is interesting because it is true horror tends to um be targeted towards a younger audience or um 
And I definitely would feel like I, I go seek out horror films now, but when I was a kid, I just went and saw whatever, you know, horror film was out. It didn't matter. Now I feel like it's like, I'm targeting, you know, I need to see this. I need to see this. And I just kind of work my way down a list. Whereas like, I just went, whatever horror film was out on the Friday night, you know, like, cause that's what I wanted to do at 16 was be scared with a bunch of my friends and, you know, giggling and things like that, um, about jumping up and down and being afraid of things. Yeah. It's uh, kind of funny. Cause like, when you say, when you say that it's like, it's more for uh, younger audiences, whenever you watch a horror movie and there's a scene where somebody is going to go see a movie, it's always like, with the, it's always young people going to go see, like, we're gonna go check out this horror film. Like, oh, don't do that. It's, you're scaring me kind of thing. And mm-hmm. Everybody dies or something, but it's always, it's always like, yeah, it's, it's always, always like, like, stop, you're yeah. scaring me. <laughs> It's always like like young teenagers or like young 20 something. So like even in horror movies, like, I mean, you know, everybody in the horror movies are always the younger, younger people a lot of time anyway, even whether they're, you know, the ones being killed, just the ones who are going to go see movies within the movies. So it's just kind of interesting how the medium reflects its audience constantly. So Yeah, like all three of the films that I was going to talk about have teenagers as like the main character of the film mm-hmm. interesting yeah, and a lot of that's a cool too. yeah i tend to gravitate towards women-led uh horror films but i think that's just ingrained in me now <laughs> um wh- why do you guys like horror i guess i'd love to know that hmm. i mean i guess i like horror movies I think growing up, I was never a huge fan of horror movies. I was kind of, I was kind of scared of like horror movies because like I didn't like zombies. Zombies scared the hell out of me and terrifying. Um, nowadays, it's like, yes, please, zombies. I love it. Give me more zombies, please. Yeah, but I don't know. I think I just like being, I mean, you know, like a lot of people who are like being scared, but horror movies don't necessarily scare me. It's just that I like being, I like being seen something. I like being shown something that I can't see elsewhere. I like being able to see like really weird stuff. And that's one thing I love about, especially modern horror, like modern horror and like eighties horror shows you like the weirdest, most bizarre stuff. And I love seeing that. Like I like playing horror video games because you're a part of it. (laughs) You're literally controlling the characters in these crazy horrifying situations so i think for me it's just being able to see something that is like different weird a little perverse um and it like it's like the socially acceptable way of being able to look at that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and to enjoy it without feeling like you're some crazy person (laughs) so i don't know horror movies make me feel like i'm not the crazy person i guess (laughs) sarah what about you um, I was definitely raised on horror movies. My mom was obsessed from the get-go. Um, like I watched Supernatural with her as it aired. So I was in like fifth grade uh, and that first season is pretty terrifying when you go back and watch it. But um, and yeah, she's she's really into vampire films. So that was like uh, probably some of my favorites growing up. But I think as I've come to like watch horror more, I think I really appreciate how a horror movie makes you pay attention more so than a lot of other types of movies, because you're always trying to like figure out why, 
or solve something like even if it's not a mystery it's just there's always something that it's like okay but you know why is this happening what is doing this and so you're just like absorbing every moment of it and I think that's like especially fun for like you know more psychological and uh like slow burn horror movies which are the ones I tend to to gravitate to nowadays <laughs> I don't know why like horror because I had to really think about this like while you guys were talking about it I was like well I, I like Sarah I was raised on horror I, my mom probably showed me like Dracula and Frankenstein and I do remember there being a sleepover or two with friends and we watched Dracula and I remember a mom not being too exactly happy about <laughs> my mom showing her kid Dracula <laughs> not that that's a bad thing it just I remember that happening and I remember going why like it's not that scary like it's not anything you know to be afraid of but um I think to me, I associate it with like happiness. I don't know. I always have liked October. It's my birthday. Halloween's my favorite holiday. And so to me, horror was just an extension of myself. I never, I mean, I grew up wanting to be, you know, Sigourney Weaver and alien. And I wanted to be, you know, Jodie Foster and Silence of the Lambs like I wanted to be a detective I wanted I wanted to do all the like fun stuff and then somewhere in high school I think it really clicked with me Insidious was a film and it was the film that made me go I want to work in some capacity on horror films and which people always found baffling because a lot of people who work in film horror is their like gateway to get into film. (laughs) And a lot of people do a horror film to fund their next project, you know, or they, you know, do like horror film festivals because you don't go to like, there's no comedy film festivals. I mean, there are, but they're not like, you know, local comedy film festivals, you know, (laughs) like you can't do that or a drama film festival. Like there's not one every year. You can't count on that. Whereas like horror, there's always some film festival going on, you know? So for people who were into film, it was an easy gateway. But for me, that was what I wanted to do. I liked the idea that it was an ever evolving challenge to make people afraid. And I, think that's cool I don't know (laughs) why I think that's cool um I think it's also like I like to be afraid like I like the idea of being unsettled like movies that I don't even consider scary now I remember seeing them for the first time and I'm thinking of Disturbia which is a remake of Rear Window which makes sense of why I probably liked it because I love Rear Window but Disturbia I remember seeing that with, you know, people in high school or elementary school. I can't remember. And no, high school, I don't know. And I remember coming home and being terrified of my neighbor. And like that irrational fear, it's a sweet old lady. She's so sweet. <laughs> but I remember coming home and going, I don't know my neighbor. They could be a mass murderer and I don't know. And to me, that like feeling of even though it's totally unjustified, but there's that inkling in the back of my brain that makes a horror movie worth it. 
And I think that's probably why I picked the subgenre I did, because to me, that's what I like look for, you know, like is that there's no limit with horror. You know, you can go as fantastical as you want and go as crazy as you want. Horror can be a musical, horror can be a comedy, horror, like there's no in like, there's no limitations to horror. And I think that's probably why to me, it's my favorite because I can go in any subgenre and be satisfied, <laughs> you know? So yeah, on that note of my, you know, heartfelt ode to horror, I mean, I could talk about it forever, but why don't you help someone else take over and tell us about y'all's favorite uh, subgenre? Let's go. <laughs> I can go. All right. Yeah, I'll let you go first this time. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm going with the satanic occult. And specifically, all of my movies have to do with isolation and loneliness, which I feel like go kind of hand in hand with, you know, demonic possession. They're always looking for someone who's like very vulnerable and uh easy to like take control of in that sense and a lot of like these movies it's like is it really the devil or is this person just crazy uh which is also another fun layer to all a layer to to all of them um so satanic films is a subgenre of horror um and it involves the devil as a concept or a character and common themes include the Antichrist, demonic possession, exorcism, and witchcraft. Um, so the first movie that I want to talk about, I think, is I'm the only person today here that has seen this movie. It's The Black Coat's Daughter from 2005. Um, it was written and directed by Oz Perkins. And my fun fact there is that he's the son of Anthony Perkins, a.k.a. Norman Bates. Which just made me uh, want to watch the movie. So there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, he he wrote and directed Black Coat's Daughter, and he wanted. I saw an interview with him, and he said that he wanted to make a sad movie in the guise of a horror film, and it's just, it mm. is a very lonely movie. It's got um, Kieran Shipka. I think is how you say her name from uh, the chilling adventures of Sabrina and it's got Emma Roberts in it. Um, and it is, it's a wild ride. It's, it's very, very much a slow burn. Like you're just like kind of waiting and there's like a lot of little hints and stuff. Um, I think it's really brilliant and it's isolation and how it, it toys with uh, the main character cat Um she's at a boarding school like religious boarding school and her and one other girl are left behind for christmas break um she stays behind because her parents haven't shown up yet and the other girl stays behind because she intentionally told her parents that christmas break was a week later so that she could sneak out to see her boyfriend um, uh, classic <laughs> yeah um and it just it takes such like a a crazy turn once Cat's um, character just starts hearing things from the devil and uh, it goes between them and another character named Joan, which is um, 
Emma Roberts. And it's like one of those movies where like the two stories just start to like weave together. And I don't want to like spoil too much of it, but it's, it's very good and it takes a while to get there, but it's like really worth it. But like one of the like craziest things that I've ever seen, like in a like possession movie or like something was, this isn't too much of a whatever, but she's uh, getting exercised towards the end of the film. And there's like a priest throwing holy water at her. And she's like, you know, he's like saying all this stuff and like she floats off the table and then falls. And she like looks over to the side and she sees like the silhouette of like Satan. And she says, don't leave me. And then he like goes away. Like it was like, it was so weird. Like you almost felt sad about it. Like the loneliness was just so like pungent and like deep. It was yeah, gave it's me a chills. Really... Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> what is, I want to see this. <laughs> it's very like, yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of it. A friend was like, we should watch this. And I was like, great. And I was like, whoa, like it's very, <laughs> I think it's really beautiful. Like it is very much a story about loneliness that is kind of just brought forward with like satanic possession and how that like, it really does like tell a really cool story in it but yeah I highly recommend that movie I think a lot of people have never heard of it that I've told about it but um mm-hmm. I've seen it on Netflix I've definitely seen the title so I, I and I can picture the I can picture <laughs> the Netflix icon so yeah <laughs> yeah that one's a hard one because we definitely haven't seen that one yeah, so it's not yeah, like yeah. Yeah. nothing it to say about it make me want to talk about a film i just watched um called the lodge and it's got um the kid from it in it the main kid um mm. bill Dunnanbro in the new it oh okay and the there's a little girl in it who i believe is in the new eternals movie I don't know their names. Don't ask me their names at the moment. But um, the lodge, it um, whew, that's an isolation one. <laughs> that one, it's a slow burn. And but the first two minutes of that movie, or first three or four minutes of that movie, kick you in the gut, and then it's a burn. Just, just stop. Full stop. And then. <laughs> Once you figure out what's going on, you're just like, I'm on a wild ride and I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> and I think that's why I like, like a horror film is just like a roller coaster. You know, there's like that downhill, like scream. And then there's the slow uptake of, you know, the click, 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 click. you gotta wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah, definitely recommend the watch to you guys. Cause I think you would like that especially Sarah if this is your favorite so it's got a cult vibe to it so nice yeah, yeah more sad occult movies that sounds yes. great yes. <laughs> yes. I just love this like you new subgenre is sad sad, <laughs> sad occult movies occult. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. are some of your other ones um I think another great one that deals pretty heavily with isolation is the witch Ooh. um I love the witch and just like that introduction of him, like just saying like, "Mm, I don't, I don't vibe this, how y'all are throwing down this religious stuff and me and my family are leaving. And so like, he really 
screws over everyone in his entire family <laughs> um and that actor it's is one of those like <laughs> joy to watch oh my god sorry yeah. just had to throw it. i love him love yeah. him oh he was yeah, the green knight in those, the new movie um, oh yeah, he was yeah, he nice. was the Green Knight. Yeah, Green Knight yeah, in yeah. that. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. <laughs> He's also um, in Harry Potter, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, it's another one of those movies where the the isolation of bringing his family away from you know their community has left room for the devil to creep in, and there's a lot of like very interesting like subtexts in that movie. Um, that I think are like really fun and the way that it it's like I know it takes place like when the witch scare was like just kind of starting it was bef- well before the Salem witch trials like but like it was when that kind of scare started and yeah some of the like just imagery in that movie is insane like when you think like the mom is like breastfeeding the the baby and she's just letting like a crow eat at her and like it's like the symbolism of like her killing her mom and then like bathing in her blood and like it's probably the most witchy satanic of the ones that I picked um but I really loved like a lot of the the imagery in that movie I thought it was like really beautifully shot and yeah it's it's definitely one of my favorites when you said I I'm sorry about this when you said witches I started, you started saying like it's the most witchy of the film. I started thinking of what we do in the shadows, the TV show, <laughs> where it's like witches. Why? What's the problem with witches? They'll steal your semen. You don't want that. <laughs> and there's like a whole episode about that. It's like yeah. I think it's the worst episode of the show, but it's also really funny. <laughs> so it's just like it's a little too real, though. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like when I think of like which when I think of witches, I think of that specifically, and like what what a weird episode that was. So yes, just to completely derail your uh, your thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. okay. I didn't realize the mom in that movie is the the lady from Game of Thrones. I'm watching the trailer real quick because I was forgot how chilling this one is um the mom in the movie is the lady in game of thrones where she like breastfeeds her son to like 18 or something like that that. lady yeah Yeah, that lady oh yeah yeah Yeah, there's a lot of like um isn't this one of the first a24 films i don't know why i said a24 it's a24 i'm dumb but it was was like it's like one of the like early like you know yeah and, uh, I think that's Robert, the one that put them on the map. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Robert Eggers, he also did uh, The Lighthouse, which is another A24. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, really sad moments in that one as well, where it's, you know, like, the, the baby and the little brother's asking, like, will he go to heaven because he wasn't baptized? And it's like, mm-hmm. only God knows. And then, like, even when the kid dies, it's like, was he saved? I don't know. I hope so, because he's like one of the only people in that family that wasn't hardcore committing sin the whole time. <laughs> but you know, that's for God to decide, I guess. But yeah, this one's very and Black Philip. You can't forget Black Philip. He's Black the best character. Phillip. Literally the goat. Philip. <laughs> the goat of that movie. <laughs> he is the goat. Like I some of the imagery with that stuff is so cool. Like that that movie is 
de- I haven't seen it in a really long time and I would definitely love to revisit it. Um, but like, it's just got some beautiful imagery and, and beautifully spooky. Like it's a lot of the shots look like they should just be paintings. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, and that's probably why, you know, it's a 24, you know, like most of that, their films are based around shots, you know? Yeah, just and, looking very, very pretty. <laughs> yeah, and but oh, and she's great. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, she, this is one of her, like, big, like, breakthroughs, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's great, because she just, you don't know what's going on in her brain. Like, the entire movie, you're just not sure what's going on. And I think that's why she's great, because she does she hides what she's feeling but she's still acting does that make like does that make sense yeah like she's doing a great job of not revealing what the character is thinking without ruining the story you know like it's not like you're watching someone like blank on screen but she's she's great i forgot how much i like this movie yeah i haven't seen it in a while um i just remember i remember like specific moments of it but i also remember not knowing what the dad was saying for most of the film <laughs> yeah he's got a really thick accent yeah his accent is super super thick well i don't watch movies with subtitles typically that one i would recommend watching with subtitles yeah. but it is it, it it's really interesting it's not one of my favorite movies but it definitely is one of those films where i watched and i was like i'm gonna have to watch this again someday it's sitting on my shelf waiting for me to rewatch it because it's fascinating to me i really like the ending too i think the ending is awesome mm-hmm yeah the ending has a great moment so yeah i i uh i think the witch is a little more straightforward as far as like your satanic occult movies go and it's it's very um biblical in a lot of its things with like you know only women being able to join um black philip and like you know all that but um i still think it's gorgeous um and I'm glad it put A24 on the map because I'm a big fan of them in general. And my last movie, um, sad, occult, creepy, satanic <laughs> movies, is Hereditary. Um, I absolutely loved Hereditary, and I haven't watched it since because it freaked me out so much. I actually watched a recap video just to like get ready for the episode because I couldn't rewatch that movie because I mm-hmm. still think about how much it scarred me when I saw it. <laughs> but I do like how it touches on loneliness in the the brother. Um and like there's a lot of like juxtaposition of like starting the movie with a funeral and like how kind of little emotion there is between the characters because it's like oh it's grandma you know it was her time anyway and then like the daughter's funeral and how like absolutely devastating all of that was and like the contrast of those two like events and then just like the isolation that follows with the son and that like you know even like the mom being like you know, I can't take that away from you. Like, you're always going to hold that and like just that heaviness of it and just how his family like slowly drifts away from him because like they just don't know how to handle. Like, it's like, yeah, we understand that this wasn't on purpose, but it is your fault. 
Like you were the one that was there. You were the one that could have, you know, kept her safe and you didn't. And like, just, it also like the, the satanic cult part of it just takes you on such a trip. Like it's insane where it's like, it was grandma the whole time. She was planning all of this. She knew she had to die and that she knew that the granddaughter had to die and that they needed like a male heir for Satan to like, you know, be it so that he can like be the king of like this cult. Like, it's just like that very real look at like a family falling apart from such a tragic event and like the very on the nose-ness of their lives being watched, how she like builds these like scenes and dollhouses and like, you know, the manipulation of that. And then like this, crazy insane cult stuff that's happening on the other side yeah but it's it's interesting because like of all it's like the first movie i've ever seen that was a horror film in the sense of like the horror of being in a family in crisis like that is such an interesting perspective to have to to create a horror movie from because it's normally about some you know really big event or some kind of like either some really big event where everybody's in trouble or some small thing or like some something is following you around in a sense but that one's all about like the people who kind of like love you and are around you they don't know what to do with you anymore and you don't know how to be around them anymore like it's i mean it's a really tragic film so i guess to go well with your sad films list <laughs> it is yeah. very tragic and i I don't know. I remember watching it just being like, oh my God, this is so good and so, so different than what I'm used to. Um, and it's like the way the movie was marketed too, you had no idea that that's what the film was about at all. There was no indication that it was going to be like a, a family horror, like, you know, come to Jesus or come to Satan really moment kind of thing. Yeah. It was, you just assumed yeah. it would be like, you know, creepy little kid doing creepy kid shit or whatever. Yeah, especially <laughs> since uh -huh. like a lot of the trailers and stuff followed her and she dies in the first 30 minutes of a two hour yeah. film. You don't realize it's about Alex Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which, which I love him as an mm -hmm. actor. Oh, yeah, my he's gosh. great. I'm he so excited so to he's keep so seeing him go like, you know, because it's. He took his time out of Hollywood because, you know, Naked Brothers Band didn't do too well. Naked Brothers Band. And I hope you guys, I know, I think about that every time I see him on screen. And every time, because yes. I listen to his music now. Him and his brother still do music together. Really? And yeah, they're actually really good. So definitely, they're not under Naked Brothers Band anymore. They're just Nat and Alex Wolf, but still really good. <sighs> But the, yeah, I agree. It's it was very um, a MacGuffin, you know, like super psycho. They advertise it with, you know, this creepy little girl and, you know, the girl's not in the movie, but 30 minutes, you know, yeah, it's yeah. a that one's an interesting one because what stands out and because I saw the movie twice in theaters and I had bad experience both times. So don't <laughs> get me started on that. Um, but Tony Coletti in that movie is I'm still mad that she didn't get an Oscar nomination. Not that I hold Oscars too much, you know, high standards for horror films because I don't think horror films get their, their day in court with Oscars. Um, 
even though they have in the last recent years with Jordan Peele. So don't get me, I'm sorry, you know, but yes. But Tony Coletti was fire in that film. <laughs> like the epitome of crazy mother dealing with a crazy situation. The mm-hmm. scenes at the family table give me I like to say like that like idea of suspense and like that's mm-hmm. what makes a horror film. That's traumatic for me. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. the family dinner scenes are traumatic cuz like you know, I can just picture myself at that dinner table and being utterly terrified of my mother. Like you know, not that my mother was ever no, hold on cuz she listens to this podcast. Not that you <laughs> I would ever compare you to that mother in that movie I'm just saying I could put myself into that table and being absolutely terrified like she is a gem and I love watching Tony Glitty and anything she does but her in hereditary is so good there's also just some yeah there's just some like genuinely terrifying like scenes in that too and just terrifying mm-hmm. imagery of like you know like her climbing on the ceiling and like just people banging their heads against oh, when like, she the, turns around and the husband's like, on fire yeah it's horrific <laughs> it is horrific but i feel like the what scene you, that always the head scene oh, that yeah. scene and mm-hmm. then you yeah, like but... that moment is like utterly like <sighs> that is alex wolf did that oh my god like way it hangs on it for way 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 too long but you would like that is like the realist that I feel like that could have felt just watching it on screen like Mm -hmm. I was like holding my breath like I was like shaking and that's like the part of the movie that I always like think back on is him just like Mm -hmm. you know his eyes and then like trying to dart to like the rear view camera or the rear view mirror and like you know chickening out because he doesn't want to see what happened even though he knows Mm -hmm. what happened like that whole scene is just like it's heartbreaking it's terrifying it's so uneasy and it's like it's the reason i'm not ready to watch it again yet (laughs) and don't drive under the influence that's the other tale from there there you go yeah please don't get your sister beheaded (laughs) don't let her eat nuts if she's allergic to nuts oh my god yes please it's in the (laughs) whole scene it's like and you're also like she was dead anyway there was no way that he was getting to a hospital on time to save her from why didn't she have her epipen either she should have had her epipen everybody with a nut allergy has an epipen on them that was that was stupid on her part it's like just just bad all around come on guys get it together oh my gosh it had you to got happen. yourself it, had to happen. it was satan it was all satan's fault because it had to happen so that he could be the king of the cult yeah isn't it payment payment yeah oh yeah yeah a-i-m-o-n or something like that. yeah payment yeah oh that one's good i'm definitely gonna have to revisit that one at home not in a movie theater because i just can't I can't in the movie theaters yeah and that little bit of hope when she like meets that person who like can help her talk to people that are on like the other side and you're like oh this is where this movie's going and then it still took another left turn (laughs) nope nope doesn't go that way that's why i like about that film is it it takes turns constantly like you think it's gonna be a ghost movie then it's it's a cult like it just constantly like Mm -hmm. you're like oh it's gonna be a family drama then it's gonna be a ghost movie then it's gonna be a cult movie and then you're like oh it's a a cult movie like a a real like it's not just like little like children of the corn cult movie it's a cult movie it's like grandma's decaying body from the attic is now bowing to payment yeah Yeah. (laughs) 
so cool uh i love that one that's another one with like the imagery and stuff like that like a24 and ari aster do a great job with their imagery and i I think it's another reason why that one hangs for me is that like i just can picture moments and scenes and you know shots from the film that like have no words or dialogue or anything like that but like her playing with the bird you know just oh all righty well that's your top three of your uh satanic occult isolation and loneliness subgenre which is a <laughs> mouthful to say uh daryl do we want to jump into yours or you want to jump into mine uh i, I can jump into mine uh okay. it just i don't know it's just interesting because it's like we're going to talk about we just talked about all that and we're talking about something totally different in a sense mm-hmm. which is the awesome thing about uh horror films is that it's like there's so much different stuff uh so my subgenre of choice is body horror films um which i think is interesting because uh i don't know i don't think of i i don't think people think about body horror a lot as a film unless they're thinking of like a saw movie or something which kind of counts but kind of doesn't a lot of horror movies have elements of body horror but not a whole lot of films like delve super deeply into it so read y'all a definition from filmtheory.org uh body horror is gener- uh, generally demonstrations of a graphic destroying and mutilation of the physical human body these vendors are represented with terminal illnesses decomposition parasite infestation on the body host and body mutation Body horror has become so globally renowned because of its cinematic endeavors. The aim to entertain film viewers in shocking approaches all over in shocking approaches all over the world has become such a victorious phenomenon. That last sentence was kind of weird, but uh, thank you for adding human centipede to the list. Whoever <laughs> just added that, looking at my at the Google Doc and just randomly human centipede just shows up on the list, which I've never actually seen. Oh, and of okay. all the body horror films, I actually kind of don't want to see that one, but it's I'm re- also really, really interested. It's really not that bad. The first one is not okay. Not I mean, bad. I I don't know. I don't know. It's I haven't bad seen it yet. Because just like thinking it's just about bad that movie. It's bad. just a bad movie. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's like I don't want to watch it. It's just a bad movie overall. Yeah. But I also, know. I feel know, like I the first one out. is at least. You can watch the first one. You don't have to watch any of the other ones. Okay. It's one of those ones you have to experience, like teeth. Yo, no teeth. See, um, teeth is another one on my list that I, I don't I've like never teeth. seen teeth, but it's on my list of ones I want to watch. I don't, want to I don't watch even that like the physical form of teeth. Like, I don't like actual teeth. I don't like the movie. I don't like saying the word teeth. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh my gosh. But, uh, so yeah, I've always, not always, but like ever since I kind of got into horror films, body horror is kind of the stuff that I got the most interested in for some reason. And like, like it's even like in like the video games I like, body horror has always been the most interesting. Um, so like, and it, it, this carries over, I'm only saying this because it carries over into one of the movies, is that one of my favorite video games is Dead Space. I love the Dead Space games because basically they're games about like uh, a guy on a spaceship having to kill monsters that are just reanimated corpses that now have basically knives for hands and are running around trying to murder you. <laughs> they have just, it's really cool because it's like they're human bodies that have now mutated so much they've become some completely different form that are designed only for killing like other 
humans. Like that's literally the whole purpose is that they are designed now to kill. And I think that that's just really interesting. Um, and they made a couple of uh, movies uh, based off of the off the games, Dead Space Downfall and Dead Space Aftermath. So that's the reason why I bring up the game because the movie, their movie is related to it. So it's not a video game podcast, even though I could talk about this game forever because I love we these games. We did talk about so video good. games to movies. We did. That's right. We did. So there we go. Now I can talk about whatever I want. <laughs> Next up <laughs> is comic books. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But yeah, um, so like one of my favorites that is not Dead Space related and that many people have actually seen is John Carpenter's The Thing from 1982. Um, so and that movie is basically about a bunch of um, guys at, a, at an Antarctic, uh, I guess, I don't know, I guess some kind of scientific Antarctic base. They're doing whatever it is they do at those bases. It doesn't matter. They never explain what they're doing. Um, research of some kind research of course <laughs> just research. research of something um and they encounter an alien life form that basically takes the form of other people and it's one of the best examples of like awesome uh practical visual effects because the monster can take the form of any living creature but it's not like it can't do it immediately so it's not like uh you know it's it's not like some amorphous blob that just turns into a person um, it like has to grab them physically with like these disgusting tendrils, like yank it, you know, yank the body towards and kind of like has to be all over the, uh, <laughs> all over the body in order to slowly like take over its characteristics and change into it. And so you have characters who are coming in <laughs> and they're like, huh, what, there's an interesting dog that we have now all of a sudden. Um, let's go put the dog in the pen with the other dogs. It's fine goes and takes on the dogs 20 minutes later <laughs> and they're just this like gross little dog monster face thing popping out of the ground of like these tentacles it's like it's like melting the dog the other dogs in the room it's like the, the grossest most disgusting thing but also it's like super cool to me <laughs> because i love seeing how creative um uh like visual effects artists get when they make that kind of stuff like seeing those mm -hmm. kinds of monsters is super super cool to me and i think that's one reason why body horror is always fascinating to me is because it's like it's one thing to make a monster it's another thing to make a monster out of like the human like the human form twisted and broken down and you know turned into something completely different that it was never meant to be and that happens throughout the movie there's one great scene where <laughs> A guy is like, you know, a guy like seemingly has like a heart attack. It's like, oh my god, get the defibrillator, gets the defibrillator, and like pushes on his chest a couple times, and then his hands go through the guy's chest, and then these teeth just like clamp over the guy's arms. And he's like, oh my god, my arms! <laughs> and it gets like ripped off. He falls over, and then the body just like basically explodes into like another head popping out of the chest, just like spraying crap all over the place. It's like. It's glorious. It's it's disgusting, but it's glorious, and I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, I think it's great too that like four of the six movies that you put are from the eighties because like that is like the mm -hmm. epitome of amazing practical effects. So like doing all of this practically is like what makes these body horror movies like so good and so iconic. Like yeah, everyone knows John Carpenter's The Thing, and like everyone has seen at least like screen grabs of like those creatures and monsters because like wow that makeup 
Yeah, it's incredible. And it is weird. It's, it's funny because like on my list, I only put I put like, uh, what, six movies and four of them from the 80s. And the other two are uh, the two Dead Space movies, um, <laughs> which are both from the 2000s. They're both animated films, not even live action films. So it's like so it's a little different. But for me, I've always liked I just love seeing practical effects, and especially practical monster effects that actually look really convincing. Mm-hmm. And so, like a couple other movies I have are like Reanimator, which I just rewatched for the first time in like six or seven years, um, where basically a guy is like, "Hey, guess what? I can bring you back to the dead." He's like a mad scientist at a college. He's like, "Let me bring you back to the dead." Everyone's like, "No, stop doing that. <laughs> Why are you trying to do that?" Um, and so he like, you know, so these human bodies in the morgue. He's a medical student. He's like, you know what? I'm just gonna inject it with this stuff and see what happens. Oh, look at that! It came to life. Oh my god! It killed somebody. I'm gonna bring them back to life too and see what happens. <laughs> and there's and like the most iconic part of the movie is that one character gets beheaded and he's like, I'll bring back the head. I'm gonna bring back the body and just see what happens. <laughs> and that's like kind of where the climax of the film comes in. But it's like, um, it's really cool just seeing you know this this guy just walking around holding his head just being like you know i need to finish my evil plan real quick but uh my head is right here so i don't know it's like it's it's probably the least body horror of all the ones i'm going to mention but i just had to because it's it's really good it's directed by Stuart gordon who apparently did like exclusively theater before he did this movie which is so funny because it's just like i would not have expected a a, a theatrical director to do a, a disgusting horror film like this but i mean he did um so yeah like those kind of movies like the thing reanimator the fly those are all excellent films that just showcase like really 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 good visual practical effects where you just see monsters because i mean the fly you have you know jeff goldblum literally turning into a fly basically because he gets so into good. a tele a teleporter so pod and uh with a fly on accident and he's like huh this is weird i'm changing i'm just oh, look at that body parts just falling off just hairs growing out of a body okay this is weird and oh yep now my face is just melting off and my girlfriend is kind of upset about this don't know why oh uh, <laughs> and it's like the it's one of those films where like you're seeing the transformation happening over time and then you get to the end and you see the full thing happen like his entire body disintegrates in this big giant like weird like it's not even look like a fly it's more like a praying mantis mixed with a fly yeah. <laughs> like appears out of his body and it's again it's gross but it's really cool and there are lots of movies like this there are lots of movies that have aspects of body horror in them that i wouldn't you know they are they're in the genre but not really in the genre like um like alien is a good one i see that someone had added alien onto my list that was and me yeah. i was going does alien count as body horror i was wondering i've never thought of that as body horror that's the thing is that like when you look up body horror on like uh wikipedia it has a long list of basically any movie that has any element of body horror mm-hmm. in it and alien is on it but really it's only you know the the chestburster scene obviously mm-hmm. or like uh in like aliens when they're like uh, cocooned basically mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff yeah and you know there are lots of there are lots of movies that have those elements in it and i think they're really cool 
but I wouldn't call it like a body horror movie officially. Like Akira has like an awesome body horror mo- moments, like near the end of the film, but that's not really the the point of the film. Or Alien or Evil Dead, they all have moments where like body parts get twisted and stuff. Um, I have one that I want to put it in because I know at least you and I have watched it, but I don't want to. Uh, I'm going to just keep quiet because Sarah hasn't seen it yet and it just came out. So I'll show. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, is it body horror? Is that what you're saying? I, I was, I feel like it's going to be body horror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I mentioned earlier and Daryl hasn't seen Tusk. Yeah, I have oh, not that seen is Tusk. Some straight which body I really horror. Want to see. That is and straight is body horror. Very uncomfortable, but I do recommend watching it. It made me so incredibly uncomfortable, and you mm-hmm. should totally watch it. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, I love that. It, like, I love feeling like uncomfortable when I see those movies because it's like, like, what if my hand just exploded? <laughs> yeah. like that. That'd like, be terrible. <laughs> um. Because then I think of like like another movie is like Tetsuo the Iron Man. It's like a Japanese, the most low budget of low budget films I've ever seen. I feel like it's like black and white. You can barely tell what's happening. <laughs> but the visual effects are the, the practical effects are pretty impressive because you can tell this one like guy, which is really passionate about this disgusting movie where he's like, basically he's like, he, this guy gets run over by a car and left for dead. Um, but he survives the accident and he tells the guy, um, he tell, basically he's like, you know what? I'm going to turn you into a robot <laughs> over time. And by robot, I mean, I'm, he's called like the metal fetishist. So he just like puts like pieces of metal in his body all day. So he's like, I'm going to infect you with this thing. And you're going to start like growing metal out of your body. And it's like, he's just like falling apart he's like with his girlfriend and his like penis are just like a metal like machine drill thing and she's like please stop trying to kill me with your actual drill dick and stuff like that it is it's really weird it's super love horror movies man yeah of all the movies i mentioned that one is one that is not for most people but i really (laughs) like it because it's so weird i saw it for the first time like two or three weeks ago now it's like yeah this is great i don't know what why this exists but i love it like he's just turning into just a blob of man and machine and again his like drill dick is just like spinned around hanging out he's just like why are you doing this to me because you turn because you hit me with your car also the guy can like run really fast for some reason (laughs) he's got like freaking jets coming out of his feet or something and it's it's wonderful it's it's just it's so it's so dumb and so ridiculous looking i love it that's wild but i mean that's the thing like horror body horror is fun for me because it's like you just twist the body in a weird way and you can either be something really disgusting or really funny like slither uh you know james gunn's one of his earliest films is the body horror film but it's like a comedy Mm -hmm. um and that's a good example of like you can mess up the human body in a fun way that doesn't feel weird (laughs) Well, it feels weird, but it doesn't feel like off-putting, I guess, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot you can do with the genre. I don't know. It just, it fascinates me. So, yeah, did I know you, I just um, talked a lot about that. <laughs> did you see the the prequel to the thing? I never saw the prequel, uh, mainly because I heard that the practical effects were taken out in post, which I was like, no, I need to see, like, the real thing. So, it's, I don't know, I'm curious that weird. way. I feel like it was like 
marketed so badly like it's called the thing with like the new date like it's like but it is very much a prequel like it the movie ends where the thing picks up with the dog running out yeah and i will say the only like really fun part about that movie is that like when in the thing they go and like they find the other research center and like you see how like messed up it is like you know it's like seeing basically what's about to happen to them mm-hmm. like them kind of remaking all of that like you know seeing the end of what all happened in like the thing and then like watching them make it in the prequel that was like the fun bit of it was like okay. the attention to detail of like creating those scenes that ended with that aftermath of the other research center was kind of entertaining but yeah it's it's all right do you see that in other genres because I'm thinking about it and like I was gonna talk about how like Insidious 2 kind of like slots perfectly into Insidious 1 and I was trying Mm -hmm. to think about how does another genre do that does like another genre go oh we're gonna make a sequel but like we're gonna tell you how this all happened like all the crazy crap that happened in the first one you know we're gonna tell you how it happened because that's what we do in horror apparently (laughs) but like Mm -hmm. like the thing because I remember watching that with you the the prequel and I remember going oh that was cool like that was a cool like you know it slides kind of perfectly right in and I'm trying to think of like other movies that do that aside from Insidious and Insidious 2. Yeah I mean it is it is is interesting because horror does like to do that a lot likes to it's weird because it's kind of one of the the failings of like a lot of sequels or prequels is when they try to explain stuff in a horror thing in a horror film because it's like if you explain it too much then it stops being interesting because like i didn't want the answer yeah the mm-hmm. unknown was the cool part about it like like i don't need to know what would happen to the people to the norwegians in at the opening of the thing it's like i saw what happened i don't need to know how we got there it's fine i'm cool they're dead now <laughs> it doesn't matter i'm here for kurt russell and uh and the uh, i forgot his name the black guy in that movie well there are two black guys in that movie keep david keep david sorry mm. Yeah, I just want to know what happens to them. I don't care about the rest of the characters. But yeah, I don't know. There are other... I'm trying to think what other ones do that. So many horror movies like leave on cliffhangers that Mm -hmm. don't necessarily need to be or are always answered. But a lot of horror movies are like, it's like, okay, we're at the end of the movie. And then all of a sudden, like, their eyes open and you're like oh shit they're alive and like what's Mm -hmm. gonna happen and like sometimes that's left to the unknown and for you to like whatever but it's also like I feel like horror movies are almost always leaving the door open for a sequel because yeah right when one of them does well it's like we gotta hop on this Mm -hmm. oh yeah definitely yeah Yeah. I mean it's a cast crop because it does well with kids and kids are gonna go see however many saw films they make or however many halloweens they make or final destination final mm-hmm. destinations um you know it's kind of i mean i think what halloween's on five six seven seven or eight i think Just eight, eight. <laughs> i think i'm i'm trying to do a real recount because oh. there's three of the are we not counting any of the crossovers? With- and then there's a remake. 
because then all the other yeah, then there's the remake and then there's the sequel to the original and then then there's a sequel to that sequel yeah so. <laughs> it's 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 like i love horror is like the only genre you can be like i don't know the other three movies didn't happen yeah. <laughs> ignore those. I mean, even like Candyman just did that yeah, it was like you know that new Candyman movie. This is great. You know, ignore yeah. the the sequels; they don't matter. Just just no. the first one and this yep, one, also named Candyman. Yes. <laughs> so. I also loved that. Sarah, did you see Candyman? No. Never mind. Have you seen the original Candyman? No. <laughs> okay, no, so have a here's night. the thing. Because <laughs> so I saw it with my mom, my sister, and my husband, and my husband has watched Candyman with me. And then my mom and sister have not seen Candyman. And I was under the impression that you didn't have to see the original Candyman. So I was like, oh, yeah, you could see it. And yes, that's true. You don't have to have seen the original because they do a nice, graceful four minute recap of the first movie. They do. <laughs> not in the beginning of the movie. It's actually cleverly written. Mm. You know, like the character stumbles upon the characters in the first movies, you know, whatever. And um, but there is a really nice bow tie, like, you know, wrapped in a beautiful present moment at the end of the film that is not appreciated if you don't know who it is. <laughs> Okay, so I should watch the original. Yes. Yes. Well, see, I'm glad I know that now, and I'm glad I didn't just run and see Candyman. Yeah. yeah I mean, you would enjoy the movie. You enjoy the movie a lot anyway, but definitely watch no, the yeah, original because okay. I. Uh, oh, oh, my mom fell asleep in the last five minutes of the movie, oh. guys. Last five <laughs> minutes of the movie are the most meaningful moments of that movie, and she slept through it all. <laughs> I'm calling you out, mother. I'm sorry. At the theater. Yes. <laughs> I could never I could never She's fall asleep. Notorious. I love my mother. She's notorious at falling asleep at movie theaters. You'll just hear her snoring next to you and you're like, really? That's Matt. <laughs> That's my husband, Matt, as well. <laughs> oh my god. Can't do goodness. that. <laughs> uh, Candyman's kind of body horror. It has uh, Yeah, it has some I elements. Mean, an element like... of body horror. Yeah, especially the first element. one. Yeah. So, but that's the thing is that lots of movies, lots of horror movies have some element of body horrors. Almost every horror movie has either like some violent act or some mutilation. But, you know, the difference between like Candyman and, you know, the thing is that, you know, the thing, the whole point of the movie is that it's like, yeah, we're going to just, we're just going to wreck this body. We're just going to yeah. do like the worst things to it. <laughs> but yeah, it's a fun genre. You should check it out. Um, you know. <laughs> This gave you six movies you should watch. <laughs> Dead Space, Aftermath, Dead Space, Down for all the other two movies I didn't really talk about much. But, you know, go check them out if you like the games. I just remembered that, like, when I rewatched the thing, I was waiting for a moment to happen that never happened. And I'm realizing that it happened in the prequel. And I thought it was so smart that, like, the way that they were trying to see if the thing had taken over someone is because it can't replicate, like, fake things. So I'd be easy if I didn't have my nose ring anymore. You'd be like, oh, uh, shit, Sarah's, you know, that's not Sarah. But what they did in the um, the prequel was they, like, went into people's mouths and they were checking for, like, silver crowns and stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. And fillings, <laughs> which but is that, really interesting. I do wonder, though, about, like, because in the movie, they're like, 
I think it takes off, it like rips off your clothes in order to like change you. So I'm just like, so it just goes and puts his clothes back on. Okay. <laughs> it's just interesting to me that it's like, it, it has aliens the like, to better like, get dressed. Yeah, better get dressed. I need to look presentable before I murder everybody in this room. You know, I have standards. PG-13, PG-13, guys. <laughs> yeah, PG-13. Just a bunch of naked guys walking around in the Arctic. I mean, hey, I mean, that's that's basically the end of Reanimator, honestly. Just a bunch of naked guys <laughs> just walking around in a doctor's <laughs> office. Very common body or just naked people in general. You will find that a lot. <laughs> My camera died. It's just going to be audio for you from now on? Yeah, yeah, because I don't have anything to replace it, so. Okay. <laughs> uh, just throw up a nice picture of me or something like that. What if a, what if a slideshow of you? <laughs> Um, so, I mean, it comes down to me and I'm looking at my list going, this is not, I, uh, the five that I highlighted are not my top five favorite horror films. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm like looking at it and I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to do about that. Uh, so my, I, I feel weird now that I don't have a camera. Um, <laughs> My favorite horror genre, and I guess this is true, <laughs> is psychological horror. And I'm like going, yeah, it would have either been psychological horror or paranormal horror. I feel like, but I feel like those ha go hand in hand most of the time. Uh, like you can't have paranormal without psychological because there's no, like a lot of paranormal stuff is what my seeing is really there kind of thing and um no film school says psychological horror films and tv shows are an assault on our hearts and minds which is a great way of putting that this subgenre of horror purposefully messes with what's inside us making us feel uneasy and outside of the norm but there's so much more to this genre than just upsetting people these kinds of movies and tv shows are about human nature often they tackle social problems and societal negligence psychological scary movies can be deep they can be profound and they have a lot more to say I guess yeah yeah okay so the films that I highlighted for the genre are interesting because like I would never have said this film is one of my favorite horror films but yeah I'm gonna start with Rosemary's Baby which again I wouldn't put on my top 10 <laughs> but I think it deserves to be on a top number because I definitely had a fascination with Rosemary's Baby for a while. Like, I think I went through like a year of college where like I watched it like every month because <laughs> I thought it was so interesting. Um, and I'm trying to explain that one. It's like a new couple moves into an apartment and she is pregnant and it follows her pregnancy. And she just has a lot of like it's all about the eerie. It's all about this like uncertainty. Has anybody seen Rosemary's Baby? Yeah. Okay. I, I haven't. Okay. That's probably why it wasn't on my list. It might have been if I'd seen it. Probably, yeah. It would have definitely been on your list. So she like <laughs> goes back and forth between like are her neighbors being weird or are they just overly friendly and old people? 
and and then there's like a death in her apartment complex and her husband's being weird and it's all these like pregnancy tension and they're all kind of just like writing it off like oh she's got pregnancy brain she's fine you know like whatever and then um she starts feeling weird and there's just all sorts of like different like tension moments and like <laughs> I'm gonna ruin the movie for you Sarah because it's been out it's since fine. the 70s it's, yeah it's my <laughs> but fault it, it boils down to <laughs> the old people are part of a cult who have made a deal with the devil and her husband becomes a part of that cult and makes a deal with the devil so that he can be a famous actor. <laughs> and the deal is that they get the baby. Mm. So he basically like sells his firstborn to it's the devil. Still skin. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Yeah. And, or Satan. And, Maybe but like, still skin is just he, Satan. Ah, that's it that's it solve solve <laughs> um but like the first half of like not even half a good majority of that film you're agreeing with everybody else like oh it's all in her head like nothing's wrong like everything's gonna be okay you know like you know it's and and then you're like oh there's something weird like there's some this lady's like way too friendly and not even friendly like weird like just walks into her apartment like I, that's a red flag for me like no one ever walked into my house uninvited you don't open the door and just walk right in no 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 you wait until I say oh you can come in you know like <laughs> there's just a lot of like things and like the old people um I think it's like they're the cast effects. I think that's like what they go by I can't be wrong but I think they're that just, is the name, like the cast of its Casavetes. <laughs> yeah, or something like that. They're just so great because they could have just been senile old people that live in an apartment complex and they just want to hang out with the young lady who's, you know, they wanted a child and they never got a child, you know, like that kind of thing. It's, oh, and it just works so well because the whole time your brain's trying to figure out what's going on. Like you're trying to like figure it out and I think I like movies like that like I like when my brain is constantly trying to go through different ways the movie's gonna go and um yeah I yeah that one's definitely on my top favorite Daryl do you like that one I don't know no actually I love the ending of Rosemary's Baby I do not like the rest of the movie I liked it when I was like oh now I see what was happening the entire time See, like, I'm the other way around. I like all the lead up to it. And I don't oh, okay. like the ending to me was not felt rushed. Okay. But, I, I like the ending. It is super rushed at the end, but I liked it because I was like, she now finds I see out they, and like it just like spirals. Yeah. I was like, no... I see what they did to me. Basically. I understand what they did, <laughs> but it yeah. was one of those movies where I was like, man, this is a long movie. <laughs> it's just a really a long movie. It, it takes a and while. You to hear get the there. theme through the whole movie. There's no mm-hmm. other music. It's just that little like, yeah. you know, I can't even do it. And I was going to play it at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> just um, an endless, just an yeah, endless just drumming the, no, piece no. of music. <laughs> um, Honestly, yeah, I think I may have done you a favor. We may have done you a favor, Sarah, by uh, <laughs> telling you how it ends. Because now that you know what to expect. Don't, maybe you you'll watch it. No. the way I yeah. was for a Because it is a satanic cult. Like, yeah. It's worth a watch. And it is all about like loneliness. Like it's about like basically like her husband's like a doting husband. And then as soon as she gets pregnant, 
he becomes like a famous commercial actor or whatever. And so he's never home. And so it becomes like, well, now I'm doing all this on my own kind of thing. So it's an interesting take on loneliness and also like trying to be a responsible adult. Like there's just like this great moment where she's just lining her like, you know, closet, you know, shelves with, you know, like the, the paper that you put in your drawers. I don't know what, and I don't know why, but like, to me, that's such like an adult thing to do. And I'm like, (laughs) I wouldn't be doing that. I'd be watching TV. (laughs) mm, No, (laughs) like, I don't know. But um, we didn't have YouTube back then. So I guess not. (laughs) They had to find Uh, other ways to entertain themselves. (laughs) So that one is an interesting one. And I definitely wouldn't put it in my top 10, but it's one of my favorites in this subgenre. Um, another one, a big one that really, I, I, I want to mention it. It's What Lies Beneath, but I'm not going to go into it because I have a feeling neither of you guys have seen it. Um, but it's Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer, and that's all I'm oh, going to tell you. Oh my God, that's right. I literally picked that up from the library with the intention of watching it because I'd watched the video about Robert Zemeckis and they talked about the movie. This was like three weeks ago, but instead I watched Death Becomes Her because it was also Robert okay and it was okay. actually really entertaining okay so, but i'm very sorry retangent i was just like why does Harrison that name sound Ford familiar? is That's why. so good in this movie it's one of those like i don't know what's going on there's like her narrative his narrative your narrative and you're like i don't know what's going on what's gonna happen and the uninvited is another good one i just realized that's a good one that's got the girl from sucker punch um and the series of unfortunate events and i can't think of her name and Hmm. i don't know she did sucker punch and that was about it (laughs) i can't i think she fell (laughs) basically what are you saying sorry what are you saying (laughs) right right you're a zombie (laughs) yeah sorry it just it was really extreme i was like whoa what is she saying (laughs) (laughs) yes she was she is violet baudelaire in the jim carrey version Stop. Let's see what happened to this person. Let me see. Go back to IMDb. I can't even remember her name. I feel bad. It's like um, Uh, I don't know if I'm a robot, but you're a robot. Sucker Punch was one of my guilty pleasures in high school. I loved that movie. It's so bad. Emily Browning. That's Emily Browning. There you go. She's on American Gods, and that's about it. Interesting. But yeah, so uh, The Uninvited is another psychological horror one that I really like, um, because that has a nice, like, what's really happening kind of thing. And um, I think that's got, um, oh, Elizabeth Banks is in that movie, I believe. Oh, okay. I think it's Elizabeth Banks. I could be wrong. so yeah but yeah so i digress watch what lies beneath i'm not going to tell you anything else about it because i really like i don't know how to explain that psychological torture that i went through watching that film but i remember going huh that was really good and i really enjoyed that so um one of my big ones is uh 1408 and i'm i love a good stephen king movie like i love his books i Anything that man touches, I'll probably read, watch, don't care. Um, But 1408 
is also a John Cusack movie and I have a really soft spot for John Cusack movies. <laughs> so, but that movie, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's in that one. It's, um, that movie, I just, I like it because it starts off in your head and you're like, and it's one of those movies that does those like, oh, we wake up and, you know, like you're not really sure if it was real or not and things like that. And it actually has two endings and it, I don't know what differentiates between the two because there's one ending that like it's all real and the other ending it's not all real and it just depends on what DVD you buy. I don't oh, really know how that works. I, I've definitely seen both endings and I don't know what i'm sure you could look it up like what differentiates between the two but i'm a fan of the it was all real ending yes and the oh, and the moment when you hear her on the tape and the mom's like oh my god you aren't a crazy lunatic oh my god okay i've never um, seen this movie so i'm just like watching you react yeah like, wow, you've never is... seen 1408 no it's, it's on our some... list of movies to watch okay well then <laughs> next, when you come back in town we'll have to watch it because one i would love to rewatch it because samuel L. jackson in that movie is great because he plays a character in the movie which is like the manager of the hotel and then he plays the hotel's version of the manager hotel so like the hotel room's version of the manager in the hotel like i don't know what? how to explain it but he, he's like also the voice of the room like i have no other way of explaining it <laughs> okay. but that and, and oh there's just some great moments mm -hmm. and it it has a way of picking apart the most mundane hotel room and every hotel room like from the crappy paintings on the wall to the like stains on the carpet to the like you know little chocolates that go on your you know little thing and like the clinical feeling of the bathroom and just everything and it just picks apart John Cusack's character's brain and it just pulls everything out and it it to me is so traumatic because it takes someone who's already a beaten down man and somehow beats him down but he has to build himself up to like get to the end of the movie basically and I just like the I, I think John Cusack plays a great writer I think he plays I mean he plays a writer in a bunch of his movies but I think that character and the development that character has to go through is just heart-wrenching and like Sarah the scene where he's in the air vent and you're like Oh, and then he's out all oh, the, the window scenes. Yes. It's just got great moments. And it's all psychological because you're like not sure if it's all in his head or if he like, you know, had a drug or if he's sleeping and, you know, taking a nap or if it is all really happening and the whole movie is just, oh, and then, you know, there's like that, like, let you go and reel you back in and, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's great and then we'll, we'll watch it Daryl and I don't want to spoil any of the movie too much because oh, so it good. is really good and I also like for Stephen King he's his books are so much and so long but because that's one of his short stories that movie is so full and really does tell that story so well because it like mm -hmm. it was able to include most of it because it mm -hmm. is just a short story yeah it's a it's part of like one of his like collection books like you can get it's it it's everything is eventual or something yeah, like that something like that and um 
that one is just jam-packed full of stuff and it's got all sorts of different elements it's got you know gore it's got blood it's got you know spooky ghosts it's got you know death and despair and it's just got everything in it and then a little Samuel Jackson to sprinkle on top you know (laughs) and you know what one plus four plus eight is right what is it 13 oh my god but like that's what's funny is so he's a he reviews haunted various things haunted hotel rooms haunted you know mansions i did like he does all the things and and he doesn't believe in it so like the whole time he's going oh one four zero eight equals 13 you know like he calls it out immediately and um and so that's why I like him is because he's a believable skeptic. I think that's probably why, because that's going to be me. Like, I'm going to be the same way. That's how I'm going to die in a horror film is I'm not <laughs> going to believe it's real because I'm going to call it all out. Um, that, so that's, that's also, that's probably in my top 10. I will put 1408 in my top 10 because that one just hits home for me. I think I, I've watched that millions of times and that's like i watched the you know commentary on and i just yeah um another one i put into psychological horror and i would put it in my top 10 actually the next two are in my top 10 are um sinister uh with ethan hawk i really really like that film and it's so funny i didn't like it the first time i saw it really (laughs) Yeah, I, I, you know, like when you get updates from your Facebook and it's like 10 years ago, you posted this. Oh, yeah. I yeah. apparently posted, saw Sinister, it was eh. But now <laughs> it's like in my top 10 films. Like I love that film and I love the imagery of that. I love the little eight, you know, super eight films. I love everything about those. I think those are so great and they're, they're the horror in the movies. But like, Ethan Hawke again it's a writer move thing I I must have a thing for writer movies because they're you know skeptics but he is never a skeptic he immediately thinks there's something going on (laughs) in his house and but to me it's it's the psychological torture of like no one else believes me and you're you're the audience believe him but you and you so you're also frustrated that no one else is believing him and then as soon as everybody does too late kind of thing have you guys seen that one yeah we watched it together (laughs) oh oops (laughs) i think i i also watched it with you but it was like probably five years ago yeah long because we've been friends that long yeah yeah, long friendship oh it's hard yeah Uh, (laughs) we've watched a lot of drunk movie nights together daryl honestly we're getting up there we're getting into the two-year mark we're getting there there. i'm proud of us yeah I don't remember watching Sinister with you. We watched it over. Um, we watched it online. I think it was. Oh, was it, us it was and, a pandemic. Was it me, you and Caitlin. We it was a pandemic it. movie. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, we, so we should we do saw. those again. We haven't done those in a while. We, we should. should now that we can see each other. Yeah. We should go back to watching movies online. <laughs> well, hey, now I can come without driving two hours. There, there you go. go. There see, you why go. have we done that? Yeah, I just realized that. <laughs> Oh, all right guys we're watching what lies beneath <laughs> yes please i want to oh my gosh, i really want to watch it, it. <laughs> let me see the only reason why i didn't online. watch it because i had to return it because i had to go on this trip so i had to return it to the library <laughs> so i love it Soon. okay but sinister is one of those that like 
I can watch over and over again. And I just appreciate the uh, cleverness of the script and the filmmaking. And I just, I really like that one because I think it still scares me. I think that's the other one. Like I like when a film still gives me the goosebumps or still gives me, you know, the eeriness and like the jarringness of the Super 8 film still get me, you know, like I'm, and I mean, technically this fits in a cult too, because he's like a supernatural being, you know, Mr. Boogie, which <laughs> till this day, I still think that's a terrible name for a horror. That's why I don't think he caught on. <laughs> I mean, they made three of those movies, I think, or two. Um, but yeah, I really like that one. I think Ian, Ethan Hawke is great in that one. Um, and kid horror is always fun when a you know mm-hmm. kid becomes possessed. I think that's not easy, but it's a really fun one. And it's classic and it goes back to The Exorcist. You can't go wrong with throwing a creepy kid into the mix and it adds the tension to the film. Um, my last one is Blair Witch Project. Um, and that, and Sarah hasn't seen this. Daryl, have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it, but I know how it ends. Everybody knows how it ends, so. <laughs> Sarah, do you know how it ends? I don't remember, but I've been told. Okay. You can ruin it. It's, it's 1999, so I feel like it's it's too late. In 22 us. years, yeah. um, it could drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is a film, and it's so funny because like I've seen it so many times, and like I've made my own version of a Blair Witch Project. You know, I've done my mm-hmm. own found footage horror film I I mean I that was probably my first film I ever made was a movie called The Flying Dutchman and it was with me and my friends and we were just out in the woods on my friend's property beating sticks against trees and trying to scare the crap out of each other and (laughs) that's it you know (laughs) and um and that's basically what this movie is um obviously on a higher budget not that much higher budget but higher budget um (laughs) And, but that movie to this day, like, I remember watching it for my thesis because it's female driven. And then I watched it recently and it still gives me the goosebumps and creeps me out. Like watching her and like, it's a joke. Like everybody's like, Josh, you know, and you're still like crying out for like every, it's a joke now in our like horror circles that like she's hysterical and ridiculous and you're kind of annoyed with her two minutes into the movie you know like she is the most unlikable character to watch go through torment which is probably (laughs) why people like it because it's you know she's ridiculous but um I still get freaked out watching it like I still get the chills and you know the like heebie-jeebies and and nothing happens in the movie (laughs) like there's no blood there's no gore it's just her freaking out and her friends going missing on a freaking camping trip and it's just the the little sticks be coming together and they're you know they're making little faces and 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 it's just oh (laughs) and it's all psychological because like I mean it, it ends with the camera falling (laughs) that's it you know you don't know what happens and then the idea that it you know was released on the actual idea that it was real and that's all psychological and you know you can go into that um but that's like I find the epitome of psychological horror 
Um, I'm sure we could go into different ones, you know, psycho technically counts, get out counts. And that's, while it's psychological, it's also social, you know, commentary. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. It, we could get behind is psychological. The Shining is psychological. Anything that really delves into the idea of like, someone's crazy or are they not crazy? Is it real ghosts? We don't know, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, oh, I'm going to- a good one to add to that list? I just what? realized, because I just watched it. The Orphanage kind of fits in that. Mm-hmm. I would, mm-hmm. I, I just watched it. It's the only reason the why orphan, I'm thinking about it. The Orphan so. fits into that. I don't know if anybody's seen The Orphan, but I'm going to keep my tongue shut. because I haven't one, seen Orphan yet. No, okay, I'll I shut up. Watch it. But it's psychological horror. I it's def- It's definitely one of those ones, like, who do you believe? Hmm. Like, do you believe your main character? Do you believe your side character? Do you believe, like, third wall? Like, what are you, to, like, I, that's one. I actually just sent that to someone to watch. So um, I'll have to get it back so we can watch Daryl. Nice. I remember being, that was my first rated R film that I actually ever got to go oh, see. Really? Like, yeah, I snuck into it. Nice. Good. <laughs> That's how it's supposed to be done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I think we've been talking for a really long time. I feel like, I don't know how long we've been going. Um, and I definitely could keep talking about all sorts of different movies. Cause like I was torn between psychological horror and slashers because I, I love a good classic horror film um, or I guess you could say monster horror film because I feel like slashers could technically fall into that. Um, But then we were talking about how we think like, you know, The Shining technically would be considered a slasher because at the end of the movie, he becomes a slasher, slasher, (laughs) you know, Um, but yeah. <laughs> to wrap this up, sorry, Sarah's writing it on our Google Doc. Do we think any of our movies that we talked today should be on a bucket list? Uh, the immortal question. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Okay, Sarah, let's start with your movies. Which ones do you think should be on your bucket list? Ooh. Okay. I would put Hereditary. Um, yeah, I think a Hereditary is definitely one that everyone should see. I also absolutely love The Witch, but if that's not your thing, it's not your thing. I I want to put Black Coat's Daughter on there because I think more people should see it, and I it's I don't think a lot of people have, and I think it it deserves a watch. It's really good if you like any kind of like culty, satany, slow burn, or isolation film. Like it's it's really beautiful. It does a good job. Okay. What about you, Daryl? Let's see. Well, on my list, I would definitely say that The Thing and The Fly are definitely must-watch. You got to see them before you die. Um, I think also Reanimator, just because it's... Reanimator is just really, really fun to watch because it's just so... It's just like, it's so obvious that what the characters are doing is a bad idea. And everyone's like, this is a bad idea. And you're like, you're right, it is a bad idea. We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so it's really fun. Um, uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man it's not for everyone it really isn't it is low budget it's gross it is it's a hard one to to like so it's okay and the two Dead Space movies there I enjoy them a lot because I like the games so I'll give you a game recommendation gameplay before you die is Dead Space 1 Dead Space 2 because they're awesome it's like alien and aliens one is more horror one is more actiony and they're both awesome games. They're really, really fun. So yeah, I'm just gonna throw that out there. 
this is a popcorn bucket list as well as a, I don't know, something video game related, clever thing, bucket list. Also go play dead space, please. <laughs> they're making a re they're remaking the first one. Soon, Ooh, so that'll be fun. Yeah. It'll look beautiful on a PS five in like yeah. two years. So yeah. In two years. Yeah. So what about you? Uh, stress um because you know i i definitely listed three of those were like already you know bucket list items i feel like you know at least blair witch project and uh rosemary's baby are already going to be on the bucket list that you know people tell you to watch so you know we don't need to have to tell you that so if you want to put that on our bucket list i think that's a classic i think out of mind though i'm gonna have to say 1408 i think 1408 is definitely on my bucket list um i don't want to declare what lies beneath is on our bucket list because i'm the only one who has seen it so i will wait until the three of us have all seen it and then we can declare it together in unison <laughs> if it's on our bucket list um and I feel like Sinister, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Sinister is a wishy-washy one. Like, I feel like for, you know, new horror, it's definitely one that most people have seen. So if you haven't seen it, I still say you should see it. So, yeah, just highlight all the ones I've talked about, Sarah. It's <laughs> stupid for me to tell you not to. I think so, Sinister should go on it. I, yeah. I like Sinister a lot, especially just because the atmosphere is great. If you want a, if you, a movie that yeah. has a great atmosphere for a horror film, dense, definitely, definitely, dense. yeah. Uh, and the one I didn't talk about is Goodnight Mommy, but that's an obscure, like, German film. It's not obscure. It's not obscure because I think I just watched a movie. Oh, The People Who Did the Lodge, the one I was talking about for your genre, Sarah, they did Goodnight Mommy. And it's, it's yeah, it's, I don't know if it's German or not, but I'm pretty sure it, I remember watching it with subtitles on. I watch most movies with subtitles on though. So that could mean anything, but it's like two twins and their mom has just had like a face surgery and it's super like, you're not really sure who to believe. Do you believe the kids? Do you believe the mom? That kind of thing. Uh, I would put that on a bucket list. I just didn't have time to talk about it because I wanted to talk about more important ones. So, and I also haven't seen it, but once, and it was a really long time ago. So oh they're remaking it i was looking it up because i i'd heard of it but i didn't i wanted to direct it they're, they're remaking good night mommy yeah with naomi watts oh i am mad that's interesting it that doesn't need a remake also the movie's austrian apparently austrian okay i was close yeah. they do that with yeah. every like foreign horror movie though like let me in oh that remake's so bad yeah they do do that it doesn't need a remake though oh i'm so mad <laughs> Oh, I recognize this image of the first of the Yeah, of it's the, like the lady with the plaster the, face. The face. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Psychological. All right. And so those are our films for your bucket list. If you guys have any recommendations for us, I am definitely try not to be a film bro about horror films because I, you know, don't like to say that I haven't seen a certain horror film, but then I'm all for recommendations because I will admit i don't always have the time to keep up with horror films um the last one i watched was malignant so there's that and that's the last film i watched too i think um 
and I have my opinions on that. So we, we don't need to talk about it yet because Sarah hasn't seen it. So one day, one day yes, I want to we, talk about Malignant. <laughs> yeah, so Sarah, that's your homework for next week so that we can finally talk about Malignant. Um, actually, it's not on HBO Max anymore. So you already missed it. Oh, it's her. not? No, uh, it, I think it, it left on yesterday. Um, but my name is Gracie and you can find me at Gracie. G-R-A-Y-C-E-E-E-M-A-E. That's my name. <laughs> just look that up. That's awful. Started over again. Sarah, you're well, like singing it like, like on Sesame Street. G-R-A-Y-C-E-E-E. Leave me alone. <laughs> my life. My name is Gracie and you just leave it at all. My name is Gracie and you can find me at Gracie May with a Y and three E's on anywhere you see fit. Where can we find you, Daryl? Find me at uh, uh, on, on Twitter at uh, Darth Daryl. That's Darth as Invader Mall. City is take your pick. Uh, Daryl, that's D A R R E L L. I post occasionally, rarely, never, but you know, scream at me there if you want to. Sarah, what about you? I am snotty underscore person on Twitter and snotty dot person on Instagram. Both of those are snotty with an IE, not a Y. And check us out, all of us together, not for the latest movie news because we're really bad about posting, <laughs> but you could just give us a follow. That'd be really nice. Let us know that you like us at the popcorn bucket list on Instagram and at TPB underscore podcast on Twitter. Or just find us on whatever social media you use um, and tune in on our YouTube channel. At some point, you can see our beautiful faces. We're not really on a schedule anymore, but we'll be <laughs> uploading the video about a week after the <laughs> version airs. That kind of keeps us off of a time lock. Uh, but it was great to see y'all beautiful faces. I don't know if we have another October. Do we have another October uh, yes, podcast? We are, we're planning on talking about halloween movies ah uh, yes halloween mm -hmm. movies which will be interesting because i don't know how many we can come up with so we'll see <laughs> um aside from the actual halloween movies um those don't count <laughs> they're gonna have to count because um, there's some obscure ones that this i don't think halloween. you guys have yeah. there we go that one all, exists all after of us the same movie <laughs> the first four minutes of the movie are on halloween so it counts <laughs> <laughs> And technically, that's it. It's just the intro because it starts at the end of Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's great to see you guys. And I look forward to seeing you guys in about a week or two weeks. I don't know. Whatever. We decide to do this again. Bye. Bye. Bye.